Happy New Year, New Life. Woohoo! 2022. Here we are. January 1st, yesterday. Woohoo! I spent it on the beach watching sunrise, imagining sunrise behind the clouds. It was lovely. Actually, it wasn't too hot and it wasn't a glare, so it actually worked really well. It was beautiful. Uh, but I'm always fascinated about the 1st of January. Because in reality, it's just another day transitioning into another day. We have all of these throughout the year. Yet there's something different about January 1st. It's this internal change within my soul and my mind that sets it as a new beginning, a new start. What has happened in 2021 has happened and here we are again to start afresh. And society reiterates this. It has language like new year, new you. It has new year's resolutions. It's, it's got just wait till next year. It's all kind of the same concept, just with different language. And it's also this time where it's accepted that we stop and reflect on the year that has passed, but it's also an opportunity for us to look ahead and plan for the future what our future might look like. The past year, if it's shown anything, it's that life is uncertain. There have been people in our congregation that the beginning of the year might have looked hopeful and throughout the year they experienced loss, loss of loved ones, loss of finances, loss of things that they thought they were going to walk into and there was real suffering in that. Other people have found new beginnings in hopeful and joyful ways, new births, new families, new celebrations. We change throughout the year. Our goals and our minds and who we are changes throughout the year. This thing is constant, but as a human, we develop as we go through the year. But how we start the year, how we focus our intentions, what habits we form, what purposes, we, what goals we set and how we orientate our lives and what foundation we base that on will demonstrate or will guide us in who we will become at the end of the year. It doesn't matter if we plan to do this or if we're just a, hey, let's wing it kind of person. Whatever happens throughout the year, whatever you put your mind to, whatever you focus your energy on, whatever you visualise, whatever you watch, bring into your life and whatever you do out of your life will help dictate who you become by the end of the year. So who do you want to become by the end of this year? It's the choices we make here and now at the beginning of the year that will help us establish who we are becoming at the end of the year, because we're all becoming someone. And this is the reason why we, as a family, want to take a moment and have a look at the rhythms of our life. We have an opportunity to become more like Jesus, but with all the distractions, with all the other opportunities, with all the other things that the world offers us, it actually requires some intentionality. It requires some focus from us. It requires us to sit down and look at our habits and see where we need to develop new ones or where we need to pull back on others. It looks at the time we spend. Where are we doing that? Is it more useful elsewhere? It's looking at our heart and our mind. Are we keeping our eyes upon Jesus in every aspect of life? Who are you becoming? What rhythms are helping you guide you there? 
Before we get further, let's pray. Lord God, thank you for 2022, that this is a new beginning, that this is a new opportunity where we can learn more of who you are in our lives, that we can learn deeper your love for us. Lord God, I pray that whatever we're going through right now, that we will know that we are not alone in this and that you are there to strengthen and guide and help us. You join us in the muck. You join us in the sorrow. You join us in the joy and you ask us to celebrate you. <laughs> Lord God, I pray that our hearts will be open to hear your word and that our minds will be made new as we turn our eyes to you. In Jesus' name we pray. So we all set our rhythms to something. We all place our faith, our tr trust, our strength, our hope in something or someone. It is the beginning point from which we orientate or structure our lives. It's that foundation. And like I said before, there are a multitude of different options for us to base our foundation on for how we can structure our lives around. This can be ourselves. I trust myself to get through this year. Money, I trust my bank account to get me through this year. It can be anything, my good looks, my, my education, my talents, my gifts, whatever it might be. We have options. My delight in just having fun, my adventures, it can be anything that we found put our foundation on and look to how we're going to structure the rest of our year. So if you do reflect on 2021, what did you rely on? What did you put your trust in most to get you through? What was the rhythm of your life orientated around, founded upon? Jesus isn't the only foundation we have in this world. Like I said, there's a multitude of them. There's a multitude of options to put our trust and hope in. To be honest... Some of them are just a natural default for us. I'll do this myself. Some of them are easier or more appealing than others. And some of these just don't require the same level of energy or difficulty that others do. So where do you put your faith, your trust? What is the starting point of the rhythm of your life? Where are you growing from? In the Gospel of John, Jesus gives us this imagery of the vine. From John 15, verse 1, we read, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Vines, branches, vine growers, pruning and fruit, there's a fair bit going on in these verses. But what I want to focus on is the vine, the who and the why. We are passionate about God, why we believe that um, placing your foundation on Jesus Christ and orientating our life around his rhythms is something that we get excited about and we want to share with everyone because we know that he is the true vine. To put this section in context, this portion of text is located with what is called the upper room discourse. It's called this because this is the moment that Jesus is sitting with the disciples during the Last Supper. 
It is the time Jesus has just before he's arrested. These are his last moments to explain to the disciples what he has been showing them for the past three years, to put into words his actions that he has invited them into for the past three years. These are the things that God, that Jesus wants them to hear and know before he is taken away and crucified. And Jesus describes himself as the true vine. Now, the vine is the main body of the plant where all the nutrients, all the sustenance, all the growth and the strength is sourced for the rest of the plant. It is the life source of the plant. It is the source of life. Now, this is a bold claim. Jesus is calling himself the source of life. This is a higher claim that any self-help guru or teacher of spirituality has who lets you know that they have the path to life or they've got the guidance to life or the keys to life. Jesus himself is saying, I am life. And this isn't the first part where John makes this claim that connects Jesus with life. In the first chapter of John, we read, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. John begins his gospel with the beginning of the world. And the beginning of the world was the Word, Jesus He was there and he was instrumental in the creation of the world. And John will continue to illustrate that Jesus is God, that he is the source of life. He was there not just as a spectator, but as an active force that participated in the beginning of the universe, in the beginning of life, in our beginning. And in him is from life sourced. God saw the world and said it was good. Unfortunately, we then decided to try and become our own gods and make ourselves the most powerful thing. But this resulted in disconnect. This invited sin into the world and created separation from us and the true vine, from the true life. We still do this today. We try to rule our worlds within our own strength and our own abilities. We try to get through life using what we have and what we can do. We draw from other false vines that are not the source of life and it just causes disconnect, tiredness, weariness and separation from Jesus, the true vine. Jesus, the life, the beginning, the true vine. And in this, it's amazing in itself. This is the creator of the world letting us know that he made us, that he is the true life. But he even takes this a step further. Because God is love, because he does care for us, because God knew we could not help ourselves just as much as a broken branch could pick itself up and reattach itself to the vine, God made a way for us to be connected to him again, to have life with him. Jesus, the Son of God, is sitting down, eating dinner and talking with the disciples the Son of God, the creator of the universe, is sitting, eating with humans, 
eating dinner. Imagine eating dinner with your favourite celebrity or the person you never thought you would share the same space with. Pretty cool. This is better. This is God bringing on flesh. The God of the universe, the creator of all that we have, the life itself entering into humanity, standing where we stand and understanding what it's like to be human, sharing in humanity and sharing in the burden that it can be. It's wild. We've just had Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. God became human. Jesus has taken the time to live with the disciples, to show the disciples a different way of living, of what living on earth in the rhythms of God looks like what living in the path of life looks like. It is out of that love Jesus has for humanity that Jesus enters into humanity to make a way for us once again to be connected to God with the true vine, to life, to live with God in a relationship with God. From the highest of heaven, Jesus lowered himself and came to serve humanity in his death. Jesus died in my place. In your place, he took on the sins of the world and the death that sin demanded. Where I should pay, Jesus paid for me. In his death, sin was paid for and the power of the Holy Spirit in his resurrection, Jesus conquered death and has the power of life. Jesus was not only the creator of life, who is life, but he provided us a way to access that life in a true relationship with our God and our creator. This is amazing. This is exciting. This is what should get us up in the morning and just that we are able to celebrate each day, no matter our circumstances, through tears, through gritted teeth, through sorrow, through heartache, through joy, through laughter, that God has come down in the flesh to share with our humanity. He knows what it is to be betrayed. He knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to be hungry, to be tired, to have people demanding things from him. He knows what it is to be human. And in all of that, he extends love. He extends life. He extends himself and dies on a cross to pay the sin, the debt that we could not pay. And he opens his arm and says, come with me. I am the true vine. I am the true source of life. And in me, you can have life also. This is who we're talking about. We can have a relationship with this God, this relational and personal God, the creator of the universe. And I've only just made it through the first half of the first verse. But it is so important that if we don't have a relationship with God, we hear about this. And if we do have a relationship with God, to remember this, don't let this get stale. Let this be the point from which you base your foundation. Let the true vine be from where you draw your strength to live the life we've been called to. This is God. This is the God I love. And it's not because of anything I've done. There's nothing particularly special about me. All I can offer him is my pride, my weaknesses, my anxieties, my heavy thoughts, the sin I regret. 
the hurts that I'm still working through. But God extends his hand still and accepts me because of who he is, because of what he has done, because he is love and he is life and he invites me in. This is the God we serve. Where I am weak, God shines and calls me daughter. This is the true vine. This is why I'm passionate about telling all about God, our saviour, our life. Jesus is both the who and the why I live my life. The true vine, my foundation. I don't always get this right. And there are plenty of times, and I'm still working through it, where I have worked out of my own strength, that I've tried to do things my own way, and it really doesn't take long before my soul starts to feel dry, where I start feeling disconnected from God. Jesus knows this. He doesn't recommend it, but he knows this. And throughout John, and particularly throughout chapter 15, we will hear over and over again, abide in me. Jesus tells the disciples, abide in me, abide in the true vine, abide in my love, abide, abide, abide. Abide like a branch abides into the vine. That closeness, that connectiveness, that part where you're not even sure if which is which, that intimacy and that closeness to be stuck in, to cling to. Frederick Dale Bruner describes it as, make your home with me. We reside, we grow with and from Jesus. It's not like we're coming back to Jesus to recharge. We're not a mobile phone that needs to be plugged in every night just to have a top up. That's not what we're talking about. There's other disciplines that can be handy for that, but this is not doing that. This is permanently attached to Jesus in all um, parts of our lives, in all aspects, in every single situation, in every single mood, in every single trial, tribulation, celebration and joy, in everything. This is God wanting to be involved and a part of it in our everyday, the good, the bad, the ugly our family, our relationships, our work, our relaxation, our time, our money, our studies, our thoughts, our feelings, our hope, our faith, all parts of our life. Jesus wants to be part of it for us to do life with God. He's not surprised or shocked by our decisions, but he does want to be a part of all of them. Because when we abide in Jesus, when we are connected to the true vine, connected with Jesus, Through the Holy Spirit, we have access to a different power. We are not left on our own to our own devices with a pat on our back and saying, see you later, good luck with living for me. We are given the power of the Holy Spirit to do this life that otherwise we don't have the strength to do. That's why Jesus came the first time, because we don't have the capacity in ourselves to save ourselves. I don't have the capacity within myself to wrestle my own thoughts all the time, to conquer my own anxieties all the time. I don't have the strength to do all of that and still try and love someone else. I know my limitations. 
I'm still human, but in the Holy Spirit, in connected with Jesus, being learning and drawing from him, I have a different power that I can draw into, that I can sit at the feet of and listen to and draw strength from because I know his love. And as I grow closer in his love, I'm able then to express that love in my world, to live above and beyond my capacity because I have been spending the time with the true vine and connectedness with the true vine. The second half of verse 4 says, Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We're not expected to come to God with all this great fruit, to be perfect, to go, oh, here's my resume, Lord. I'm pretty awesome. I think you should accept me. It's not about what I have done. As the branch, our only job is to reside in, to abide in, to dwell in the vine, to abide in Jesus. He's not expecting perfection from us. He's the one who's perfect. He's the one who has saved us. He just wants us to hang out with him for all our days. And I think the reason why it says bear fruit and it's not specific about the fruit, I think because... A, it's going to look different for all of us, and B, because the fruit isn't the main point. The fruit isn't the focus. It's not like I need to be squeezing out fruit to justify my Christianity or justify why God loves me. You're going to hurt yourself doing that and potentially hurt someone else. Our only task as the branch is to abide in the vine. We are called to abide in Jesus. And to do this, we can set our rhythms to help our patterns in life, focus on him and invite him more and more into life. This is a continual ongoing abiding. Verse 5 describes the situation. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me and I in them. We're not expected to do this life alone, to independently have the strength to do this on our own. And as we abide in Jesus, as we settle our home in Jesus, he will abide in us. He will dwell with us through the Holy Spirit. And after we abide in Jesus and he abides in us, we again abide in Jesus and he abides in us to then abide in Jesus so he can abide in us. And it goes on and on because the depths of the love Jesus has are unfathomable. And my need to let go of control, to regularly assess the direction of my life is also ongoing. Where I need to loosen up and let God needs that constant attachment to Jesus. He is love. He is life. And he's the light I can show shine in the darkness in the world. God knows us. He knows his creation. And as I learn of God's love for me, as I orientate my life around Jesus' rhythms, as I fix my footing in Jesus and start with my foundations there, as I, I can start to learn to love those around me to love the world around me and hopefully have an impact in my world. Jesus is the life. He has made a way. 
He is the, knows the truth of our circumstances and our hearts, and he didn't shy away from it, but invited us in, invited us to abide, to dwell, to make home with him, to do life with him. This isn't always easy, and it's not always comfortable, but it is with a God who loves you. And because he loves you, there are times when God will prune us. Now, pruning for the plant promotes healthy growth, stronger growth for future growth. It's the same for us. But boy, it's uncomfortable. It is confronting and it can be painful, particularly when it's something we don't want to let go of. That's something that we are holding higher than God in our lives, that we're placing more faith, strength and trust in. And God just says, come in me. Let me take care of that. There is a scene in the movie Evan Almighty when Evan is standing despondent and he doesn't understand the situation. He doesn't know why everything's gone wrong. He doesn't know why this situation in his life has happened. And someone tells him, God loves you. And his reaction is just, can he just love me a little less? And it can feel like this sometimes. There can be real hurt. There can be real conflict within ourselves. There can be real struggle. And while I don't, I don't want to minimalize or make that suffering you are feeling, you know, less than, it's real and it's true. But I do want to tell you there is a God who wants you to come deeper into him and share in that burden with him. There is a God who loves you and wants to wrap his arms around you in whatever that circumstance is, whatever that heartache is, whatever that difficulty is. He's saying to you, come with me, dwell in me, draw your strength from me. Let me walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. I will guide you. My rod and my staff, they will protect you. Christianity, it can be hard. Following Jesus, especially when it's countercultural, it's hard. But that's why we need to remember why and the who. This God of the universe who's flung stars into space came down for me out of his love for us and died for us so we can be with him again. In our hurt, in our pain, in our suffering, in the pruning, in the disappointment, God says, abide in me. And it is a G in Jesus who knows what it's like to be human. We don't have a God who doesn't know what it's like to live, who doesn't know how hard it is sometimes to get up in the morning or what it's like to find the perfect gift for someone for their birthday. I love those things. He knows what it's like to be human. And he's saying, come be with me because I know how to be human and I am life. 
Because separated from Jesus, there's only death. And this is hard. This is hard to say and this is hard to hear. But if we don't accept Jesus as our saviour, as the one who took our sins for us, we cannot share in the perfect world God has for us after death. If in this life we choose to remain away and separated from God, we will remain separated from him in death. We will remain separated from the life, the light, and all that God is. Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only way for us to have life. He is life. He is the only way that we can have a relationship with God, to be part of the family of God, the family vine, to share life with God. To say yes to him is acknowledging that we are created beings and he is the God who created us. To say yes to him is saying, I am not the king of my castle. I can just be a dirty rascal. (laughs) He, He is God. He is the one who needs to have the throne in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. It is his life that I need to live out of. Not out of my lack, but out of his abundance. For all of who God is and all that God has done, he is deserving of our worship. It is amazing. The God of all creation invites us to dwell with him, to live with him, to abide with him. And as we start to work our way through 2022, I encourage us first to be amazed who God is again, to see with fresh eyes all that Jesus has done for us. He is the who and the why. He is where we need to start this conversation because if we talk about all the fruit, all the rituals and all the rhythms before we remember who he is, we're putting the cart before the horse. We need to remember where we've placed our foundation and start there. And that'll help us to have the energy, to have the motivation to live out these rhythms, to change our habits, to keep our eyes in Jesus, no matter what the circumstances are that this, this year will bring us. It won't matter the circumstances that we have to walk through, whether or not the highs or the lows of life, because we will have our foundations and our eyes set on the true vine, the one who is life. Fall in love with Jesus again. Remember your first love. Know Jesus if this is your first time. He has his arms open and he is saying, yes, come be with me. Come know life. This is all for us. Secondly, over the next week, think about what does abiding actually look like for me in my day to day? Jesus wants to be in all of it, your work, your family, your sleep routine, your workout plan, your food, all all of it, all aspects of our life, in the good ones and the bad ones. He wants to be there in it. So what does it look like for us to be with him in it all? What does it look like for us to put Jesus above every facet of our life? And how can we worship him in every facet of our life? What does abiding look like? 
for your day today. There are plenty of distractions in this world. To be honest, I seek distractions half the time. I'm a chronic procrastinator. But I can have a plan to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. I can spend this time at the beginning of the year and look at my rhythms, my habits, my patterns, how I structure my life, how I build my life and where I build my life from and see if there's a way that I can grow in strength because I am intentionally keeping my eyes in Jesus and how He does life, what that life can look like because He is the life. God is the vine. We're just the branches. Whether we like it or not, we're dependent on Him. He is the life we need. How we grow this year will depend on where we start our year and how we decide to move through our year. Is that a life? Is it going to be a year where we draw further into Him and by the end of the year we can look up and go, wow didn't nail it, but wow, I'm closer to God. This isn't a pass-fail test. It's just closer and closer and closer. Abide in me as I abide in you. And around and around we go. Because there's more of Jesus for all of us. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for an hour or a hundred years. There's always more of Jesus. So this week was the why. The who. In the following weeks, we'll get a bit more practical about the how. (laughs) How do we abide? How do we live in these rhythms of Jesus? How do we structure our life? How do we frame and form our lives to live with eyes focused on Jesus despite all the distractions or all the all that the circumstances that are trying to pull us aside. How do we live in that in godly ways? How do we become more like Jesus? So I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us who know God that we know Him more, that His love for us will pour upon us more, that we get excited about who He is again that we remember our first love. I also want to pray for those who don't know Jesus yet, who don't feel like they are connected to the vine, to life yet. I would love to be able to pray with you during the song, as long with anyone who wants to pray for their hearts for this year as well, during the next song. But I'll pray for all of us first. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you give us an opportunity every year to start afresh. Further than that, God, thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that you are the hope, you are the strength, you are the love, and you are the life that I can draw my life from, that I can live my life out of. Thank you that you want to be part of my life part of our lives and I pray that we see you again with fresh eyes fresh heart help us to enjoy your love again help us to cast our burdens upon you 
and help us to do life with you this year. Lord, I also pray for all those who are saying yes to you for the first time, who are wanting to be invited into that family relationship with you as a good and loving father for the first time. I pray you guard and guide them, Lord, that you will surround them with people who know you, who love you, and that their journey will be marked out by you. Lord God, I pray for your protection over all of us this year. And if we do have to walk through the valley, I pray, God, we know your presence in that. If we're on the mountaintop, may we never forget to praise your name. Lord, I pray that all of us can celebrate who you are throughout this year. And I pray that your love will be our foundation. In Jesus' name we pray.